0: The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy. Hey,
1: you hit me so hard down there.
0: Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy on Cofield and Company. All
2: right, let's get right into it. Indoor football. We don't have uh, much of a chance to uh, get to indoor football very often, but we do have a local tie now, Adam, and it looks like we're getting closer and closer to a name for Bill Foley's football team. Thoughts on the selections? Seems like it's narrowed down to three. According to Ari, they all kind of suck. I don't agree. I actually think all three are good.
1: Uh, We've got uh, red Knights, white Knights, blue Knights – Those are are all good choices. No, it's the Nighthawks, the Nightmare, Mm -hmm. or the Neon Knights. Love all of them. I think they're all awesome. I I think Nightmare Nightmare is the best and has the most possibilities. That's what I was going to go with. Nightmare is, uh, to me, if these are the choices, uh, and everything's going to have to be Nights all the time, of course, which is fine, Um, Nightmare is the way to go with a K, of course. Just so people, you know, people are not reading it, can can hear it and understand that the nightmare with a K. I I'm down with Neon Knights and Nighthawks. Eh.
2: Neon Knights two, Nighthawks three, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if it were Nighthawks. I think all three are really good. All right, why don't you like any of them?
3: I think Neon is definitely played out. I, I get why the colors, you know, they all have to be knights. I get it. Uh, but that, 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 as I hear "nightmare" and look at it more, I guess I can. I guess that's the one that I can, you know, deal with. I just, it just seems forced with the K and everything. And I feel like there's so many other words and things and people that can sit down and take their time to figure out what the best. I'm not the marketing guy,
2: but I feel like you can't come right, up with something falling, ba- I feel like you're falling victim to a lot of the uh, dill holes in the Vegas media. Who are just stuck on this night thing are gonna dislike any night name. Uh, uh, Think for yourself, man. Don't oh, get I trapped am. by don't get don't get trapped in the world of glass mostly empty local pundits and talk show people.
3: I'll tell you what I was actually thinking more about though is the logo and how this is gonna play out with any of these three names. Like so let's focus on nightmare here. What do you got? What are you going to do to give me a nightmare with a K kind of logo? What's I mean maybe it'd be amazing and awesome and maybe that's not that's why I'm not gonna a be amazing, designer awesome. but
2: yeah it's going to sure. be something it's going to be something scary you play off of that little freddy well I Kruger. don't know what the, I don't I don't know what the logo will be but I think there's a tons of a ton of possibilities
3: I think it should be a goalie but instead of the, the glove oh wait we're t- wrong sport <laughs> but it would be great <laughs> it would be great with the uh, the the freddy Krueger glove the sharp things coming out
2: sure like a, a, like a linebacker, a linebacker sacking a quarterback and slicing him go. at the same time.
3: There you go. I like it.
2: I, it's I, just I actually, my mind. I, I like, I like this because if people remember, we've talked about it many times. John the Cabbie, about what was it? Now six years ago, came up with his selection for yes. the Golden Knights, and he wanted the Grim Reapers.
3: You're yeah. right. I have the picture, by the way. I don't still have it, but I took a screenshot because he drew it out. And you're very right. It was actually like a Grim Reaper with the, you know, Uh, that with the Sith. There you go. Thank you.
2: Yeah, sure. All right. right. Angel of death is coming. Uh, Grim. Grim was going to be the mascot. I think we can take a lot of those principles and and extend them over to the football team nightmare.
3: I feel like I asked a bunch of questions and didn't think you'd have an answer and you nailed every one of them. So, okay. I
2: I don't know if I nailed every one of them. I didn't have I don't have a logo and I don't. You know, I don't have the exact theme for Nightmare, but I like where they're going with it. If that's what they choose,
3: yeah, I'm starting to, to be- like it now. The other two, of course, will probably what they'll choose, of course. After yeah,
1: because conference. it sounds like Nightmare, while it's the only acceptable one of those three, is the one that they really can't use the trademark for, and they they're having trademark issues. So it sounds like that one might actually be out as a possibility, which sucks because it, to me is the only one that works. And I guess maybe it's hard to find uh, tra- find trademarks and get trademarks when. Something actually is good and cool because people have already taken it. So you have to settle for whatever nonsense nobody else has claimed before. Who else has the nightmare not to put you on the spot? I don't know. I just there's there's just trademark issues somewhere along the way that we've kind of been hearing rumors about. I'll never understand all
2: the trademark issues when we have two aces in the state of Nevada.
1: It's weird. I don't understand trademark law at all. Just, you know, and We try. We try. I've had a you know a, a law school education with uh, our friend Justin Watkins over the last couple of years, but that's one I will never understand.
2: Yeah, our friend on Twitter, Eddie, says that uh, Nightmare or Nighthawks is fire with three
1: fire emojis. That's the standard. Is that the, the standard? standard? Yeah, standard social media, I think, protocol is three fire emojis. So if it's one, you're like, meh. I sometimes I try to use two to mix it up, but I think three is the standard. So then we're stuck with what? Which is the top choice? Nighthawks?
2: I guess so. It's just so. It's so. Uh, The the, the whole lot of you, you never like any of the G damn names. I I like the Nightmare. Okay, you like the Nightmare. All right. Yeah. Nighthawks stinks. And you like Silver No, you don't. You don't like Silver Knights either. Oh, terrible. But the logo is awesome. No.
1: All right. The Silver Horse. It never fails. <laughs> never fails. I just want cool names. I want cool logos and names. I love Vegas. I want it. It's June 1st. Who got Aaron Rodgers? Nobody yet. Wait, what the hell's going on here? It sounds like the Packers are standing even more firm than ever on the fact that they're not going to trade him. Yeah,
2: it's pretty interesting on this one. I was reading a uh, Matt Schneidman who uh, used to come on with us when he was covering the Raiders. Um he says until the Packers conclude that Rodgers will never play for them again, uh they remain dug in. They won't trade Rodgers because they don't believe that he won't show up. They don't believe his threat.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of do. Why they know him better? I mean, I just think he has. Op- I think he has options of what to do if he's not playing football. It's not like if he's not playing, he's done. Like he he has plenty of things he can do. I'm sure he can walk right into the broadcast booth if he wanted to. He's got Jeopardy. He's got all these other things. Yep. He's now hanging out with actors, and so why not do some movies? Um, there's a lot of things that he could do, and I, it just seems like he's very. He's very stubborn, you know, just what so we know about him publicly. I mean, he said he wasn't going to talk to his family, and he didn't. So what makes the Packers think they're better than his family? That actually is a good point.
2: Like, he would never walk away from football for a year. Like, he didn't speak to his family, and I don't think he is speaking to his family. We're going on, what, 10-plus years now? Yeah. I mean, talk about going cold turkey. That's a pretty tough one to go cold turkey on.
1: Yeah. Do you, you think you're more important than his family to him? Stop it.
2: Uh, We'll get the latest update from Miles Simmons, pro football talk, as he checks in as our football insider here on Tuesdays. And we'll also hit on the fact that uh, pretty interesting conversation up on PFT with Florio and Peter King, where uh, they were asking each other, who's the next quarterback to pull one of these power plays, you know, my way or the highway? And PK said it could be Derek Carr.
0: Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Now back to Cofield and Company.
3: What have been the biggest differences between living out there versus living in Draper and Provo? Yeah, you know, it's not a it's not a ton different as far as just the size and the feel. You know, there's not a lot of traffic in New Jersey. You know, it's a calm place. You know, obviously there's a there's a different look to this city. You know, it's very green, trees everywhere, and uh, Utah is definitely not like that. You know, there's definitely some aggressive drivers here, that's for sure. Uh, getting used to that, you know, getting cut off about every everywhere you go.
2: Funny but true comments last week. Rank it up. That from Zach Wilson. Now driving in New Jersey and New York. Trust me, this music right here, every time I got in the car, that was a soundtrack in my head. Like ripping the wheel. Dun, 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 dun. Like, going to war. So now I understand why he's he's getting cut off. Not a fun drive, Adam Hill. He ain't ready. He ain't ready. This will get him ready. This is the trial by fire. This is what you, you know from the roads. This is what you'll be fight, uh, facing in terms of
1: fan expectations. It's going to be a disaster. Why? Why? That we already know that, you know, he's he's facing culture shock. Now he's terrified on the roadways. He's just not ready. Miles Simmons is with us. Miles, did Adam really build a good
2: case that it's going to be a disaster because New Jersey driving is not like Utah driving, so Zach's, Zach Wilson is screwed?
4: Of all the cases that Adam Hill has ever made, that one might be the weakest. He just really wanted to use his favorite phrase, He's gonna be a disaster. Good job, yeah. Adam. Mission accomplished. Well, no, it, it ties into Damn. it's not only that,
1: as I mentioned, the culture shock. Uh draft night, he looked like he was seeing, you know, black people for the first time in his life. Uh, <laughs> it was it was terrifying to see what he was going through, the poor kid, and then and now he can't drive? Like this is this is gonna be a mess. He is not ready to make this transition to living on the East Coast, living in the NFL, and being a part of that culture.
4: Listen, man, I I also think he looks like he's, like, you know, 18 and not somebody who's an adult who is, you know, equipped to handle everything that being in the New York media market is going to throw at him. So, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's certainly going to be interesting. It's been interesting to hear how Robert Stahl plans to, like, protect him. You know, how he says that every everybody's job to lift up Zach Wilson, it's not Zach Wilson's job to lift up everybody else, which, I mean, it's nice to say, but that's not really true when it comes to the quarterback position in the NFL. There are very few teams, especially in 2021, where you can really definitively say, like, yes, this team is one that uh, will lift up the QB, and they still have the chance to win the championship. That's just, like, that's not the way this
1: thing goes anymore well we know it it is all about the qb no matter where you are no matter what market you're in no matter what franchise you're a part of quarterbacks rule the day and pretty much we can just do every week every interview everything we talk about on aaron Rodgers until something is decided uh what is your sense now well we'll give the update every week what is your sense on aaron Rodgers, where the packers stand where he stands and how this is going to continue to play out we are at june 1st now which was a key date
4: yeah it is, and I mean, I think I was what when you asked me this last week I was like ninety ten that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a packer in week one. I, I still feel that way i don't I don't think anything has shifted um to make me feel otherwise at this point. look i, I, I the Green Packers don't want to trade him, and they don't have to trade him. and they're in a situation where because they don't have a owner, who can go to Aaron Rodgers and can go to the people in the front office and say, this is exactly how we're going to do this. It's just kind of this weird standoff stalemate. And so, look, you know, been in Hawaii with Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller and Miles Teller's wife, and they're just having a great old time singing Taylor Swift and doing other guitar, acoustic guitar sets at whatever bar they're at. So at this point, I just I don't see any sort of real movement with Aaron Rodgers and that franchise until perhaps what mandatory minicamp comes up. And that's not going to be front of the week or two. So until something really definitive happens, I mean, I just, I feel like I'm still 90, 10 on Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to be a green Bay Packer. However, I like the conversation because I think it's fun to imagine him actually being able to force himself out of green Bay.
1: Well, Let's let's just clarify this. You're saying 9010. He's part of the Packers organization. Do you think yes. he actually plays if he's part of the organization?
4: Yes, I, I, I do. I don't think that at this point he would want to waste the season in his career, especially because as many problems as he may have with the front office, Matt Lafleur has done a really good job of getting that team to the NFC Championship game for the last two years, right? I don't think anybody really anticipated that when LaFleur came in there, that he would go 26-6 and in his first two seasons. I mean, I didn't even anticipate that, and I spent a lot of time around that LaFleur with the Rams in 2017. So I-, I think that there's reason to believe that the Packers are still close to making it to the Super Bowl, and because of that, uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to say, I'm not going to waste this year when this roster we know is good. Is it good enough? We don't know, but some things can happen in you know, the Packers can easily be the best team in the NFC again.
1: Would it the last question I have on Rogers is, does it make sense for him to maybe wait a year? Because yeah, you have teams right now, like the Broncos could make a move to acquire him. That's the most like likely landing spot in my mind. But like next year, let's say the Raiders are back in the mix because they're, that's a four straight season without a playoff appearance. Uh, what if the Seahawks can't fix it with, with Russell Wilson? What if the you know Jameis slash Taysom Hill plan doesn't work out in New Orleans? Uh, there's there's other teams. The Steelers might need somebody for Roethlisberger. Uh, there's a whole bunch of teams that maybe would be in the market next year for a quarterback. Does that potentially drive up the price not only for Rogers to get a deal with somebody but uh, to to drive up his trade value?
4: I, I think it's a good point, Adam, and I, I I think also it kind of depends on how Rogers plays this year. And I don't think that there's any reason to expect that his play would drop. I mean, Rogers seems like the kind of person who is motivated by all kinds of different things. But I think that winning an MVP and all the things that he's going on that are going on, you know, with him and the Packers right now, probably just can keep him motivated to still be the quarterback that we expect him to be in 2021. So I think that you make a good point. Like there could be a lot more teams that would be in his mar- the market for his services um, come next year. But at the same time, if Rogers wants to go to the West Coast, right, or be in the AFC West division because that would help him be west, um, and the Packers are still presumably refusing to send him to some place like San Francisco because that is. Uh, the same team that is in the conference, and frankly, at this point, I mean, if you just drafted Trey Lance at three overall and traded up everything to go get him, like, would you still be interested in Aaron Rodgers? Uh, maybe, yes, maybe no. I don't know. We'll maybe see in a year on that, but like, I think from that standpoint, it's still probably going to be the Broncos and the Raiders that would be the front runners to try to acquire Aaron Rodgers, unless something really crazy happens and, you know, Justin Herbert all of a sudden is awful and, like, has a Carson Wentz year from 2020, (laughs) right? Like, maybe the Chargers might want to get involved there too. But, yeah, it would be more interesting probably if more teams need a quarterback next year, but I still think it would probably come down to those two teams.
2: Miles Simmons, pro football talk is up with Cofield and company. So, uh, I love PFT. I'm all over it. I was watching uh, Florio and Peter King do a video and Florio was asking, you know, down the road, who are the next guys who may try to pull a power play? We're talking about who are the next quarterbacks in a position where they may pull something like Rogers saying, Hey, it's, it's my way or the highway. Here's uh, Peter King's response. This was his first choice for uh, potentially causing troubles in the future.
0: I will, I'll just take a stab uh, and look in Las Vegas and, and I'll say Derek Carr. And the reason I'll say that is that at some point, if they keep losing and he keeps hearing you know, the, the, the rumors and the footsteps behind him, that maybe Gruden isn't all in on you, he's going to say, I want to go to a place that is behind me, that backs me. Let me go to Carolina where they're going to love me.
2: Miles, what do you think of what uh, Peter King is saying there? Derek Carr, the next troublemaker.
4: I think that he's right, but I, I almost feel like Derek Carr is more analogous to somebody like a Matthew Stafford, where the team just hasn't been very good, right? Did not want a playoff game with Derek Carr. Frankly, Derek Carr hasn't even played in a playoff game because he broke that leg um, there in 2016. So it makes sense to me in some way that Derek Carr, because he's been a starter for so long, this is going to be his eighth year as a starter, He never made it to the postseason, only one winning season yeah, it stands to reason that if something were to happen this year where they finished seven and ten, eight and nine, you know, they can't get over that hump despite the fact that they've brought in so much offensive talent and they've tried with that defense. Like I don't know a who in the front office would survive that. B, you know, I, I mean, I'm, not, I'm saying that because I think John Gruden will still be the Raiders' head coach in 2022 and beyond. That I, think. unless he decides he wants to go back to the broadcast booth. But also, you then do have to start looking at who's your QB and how do we say that we can elevate this team as a whole? Because whether it's all Derek Carr's fault or not, that's one of the things that you look at as a team. You look at who your quarterback is, and can your quarterback elevate you as a franchise? And I, I would say the same thing about Matthew Stafford in Detroit. He has never done that, right? I mean, he made it to the playoffs once, twice, uh, maybe three times a lady. I'm not quite sure off the top of my head, but never won a playoff game. Right? So when that's the case, then you have to start looking at things from a different perspective, and you have to say, well, this hasn't worked this way, so maybe we just need to do it in the entirely another way. And really, you can look at the Raiders' offensive line and say that, yeah, this is what they already did in this last year, right? Like, you had somebody like Rodney Hudson, considered why is why he considered one of the best centers in the NFL? Like Gabe Jackson, you know, you had Trent Brown. These are all guys that people would say around the league, man, that should be a quality offensive line, but you still didn't win anything, right? You went seven and nine in 2019, and then you went 8-8 uh, eight and eight in 2020. So you're still not getting it done in that way. So maybe you just have to be a little more dramatic and shift your perspective from somewhere else. So who knows what's going to happen? I think the Raiders and Derek Carr probably hope that this year the marriage is going to turn into something that it hasn't quite been yet with uh, John Gruden in charge. And you get to 10 wins and beyond, and you get... To the playoffs, so that we're not having this conversation next year. But I mean, I don't think anybody would put it past the Raiders to not finish that well. I don't think anybody would put it past the Raiders to finish hmm. at seven and ten or eight and nine. Would you guys?
1: No, but what are you talking about, Miles? They're getting Julio Jones. They're winning the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I oh, think please. I want to ask you about that. I'll, I'll just use that as the transition. I think Julio Jones is a tremendous football player. I've been a you know a Julio Jones stand for a long time. And I think the Raiders, and John Gruden in particular, would probably love to have Julio Jones. But I think all those things being said, I don't know how he changes the dynamic of the team. And I think that it'd be silly for the Raiders to make a big push to sign him. That's not the problem that they have to fix.
4: No, it's not. And when you already have somebody who is dynamic and as big of a number one receiver as Darren Waller, you don't need Julio Jones. Right? I mean, everybody could would love to have Julio Jones, but if you have to give up something that you know you think is really, really premium in terms of a pick, or you have to pay a lot of his salary, what does that do for the rest of your team? Right? I, I don't know that that's going to make much sense, because if you trade for Julio Jones, you're most likely going to have to sign him to an extension in order to keep him moderately happy and give him a lot of guaranteed money. The Raiders have a lot of players that they've invested in offensively. Right? You have somebody like Josh Jacobs. You have Kenyon Drake, who's supposed to be this great gadget player that you know got a lot of guaranteed money as a backup running back, too. Uh, you have somebody like Henry Ruggs that you drafted last year. Um, Edwards, another wide receiver that you think can be up and coming. Like There are pieces there already. And like I said, you have somebody like Darren Waller, who's your number one. And the number one can be a tight end. It's Can that guy... You know, can Darren Waller be the Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs offense, and then Henry Ruggs be the Tyreek Hill? So far, that's not happened, right? But that's what you thought would maybe happen. That's what you're trying to construct when you drafted that guy, and you brought in Darren Waller, and you saw how good he was in 2019. So, all of that is to say, like, could the Raiders use Julio Jones? Of course, there are 31 and really 32 teams that could use Julio Jones, and 31 of them could make an argument for trading for him. But I just don't see that it benefits the Raiders enough to make that move at this point.
2: Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk, is with us. 14 stories today, 14 write-ups. Unbelievable. Wow. I thought I thought one of your most thought-provoking, because I thought it was complete crap, not what you wrote, but <laughs> what the person was saying was, Ben Roethlisberger taking a pay cut was my idea.
4: <laughs> yeah, I kind of found that one absurd too. And I was hoping that like people would interpret it the way that you did. Steve. Yeah. Because when he says that, like that's why I kind of pointed out, like, bro, the day after your season ended, it was very clear you were not returning at right. that number. So like, you can say because uh, he was going to have almost a forty-two million dollar cap hit. I think it was forty-one point two five million. So if that's going to be the case and you're as old as you are, and, like, people thought that Ben Roethlisberger was crying on the bench because he might be retiring. If you think back to that playoff game when they got boat raced by the Browns, there were so many different things that could have happened, but one of them that was clear was that Ben Roethlisberger was not coming back to the Steelers with a $41.25 million cap. hit. It just wasn't happening. So you can say, like, that was my idea for me to take a pay cut. Look how altruistic I am. But, like, dude, it was going to happen whether you brought it up first, whether Mike Tomlin brought it up first, whether the Rooney's brought it up first, or whether GM Kevin Colbert brought it up first. It was just going to happen. So he can say that, and it's nice, but, yeah, it's not, it's not a real thing.
2: Miles, what do you guys have cooking on uh, Peacock the rest of the week?
4: Uh, we still have PFT Live. It's still coming to you at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern on Peacock, and then it also will air – on uh, at nine o'clock Eastern on NBC Sports, which is six o'clock AM Pacific. It still messes me up the time zones. I don't know why. It's just that weird time in the morning. I can't quite get it right.
2: All right, Miles. We'll talk to you. Good job. All right. Thanks, guys. There he is, Miles Simmons. PFT. On the way back, we got the fat pack. As uh, we find out about. Adam's trials and tribulations on the road, sort of vacationing, sort of working, and actually hanging around real pleasant people?
0: Have something to say? Tweet at Steve Goldfield or call 702-364-1100 now. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already for tasting, and there's Cadillacs all shiny and new. Gotta move, cause time is wasting. There's such a lot of living to do.
2: So, Adam there's was on the road play, play over the weekend. We get to the fat pack. Uh, some work. Some leisure time, actually went to a potluck, which I always enjoy. Could be great, could be a freaking disaster, but it's always cool to see what people bring and what they like to eat and what they think others
1: will like to eat. Where were you? Uh, I was in Denver. Just do you in know Denver? I do. I have uh, I have family there, um, family that you know I've I've been close to a long time, but they were living in the Bay Area. Uh, my cousin and her husband have two young kids that I grew very close to because I was up in oh, Oakland wow. for, for a year and now they live in Colorado. They moved during the pandemic.
2: And I remember they're paying ridiculous prices to live in the Bay Area, so they must be in a freaking palace. Not that
1: Denver's cheap, but it's cheaper than the Bay Area. Yeah, it's 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 quite outside of Denver. Uh it may be I will say maybe the most idyllic suburban community I've ever encountered.
2: You live in an idyllic suburban community, except for that guy working on the camper, which is kind of idyllic suburbia.
1: That guy's very nice, by the way. Uh, By the way, I I actually,
2: uh, I up the street, I had someone working on their camper for only two days, though, and it looked beautiful. Very, I was very fascinated. Looked like they were putting a new kitchen. I'm like, that's the life, right there. Just driving around this fine country of ours. Oh, great.
1: Sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean. uh, if you, if you picture, if you just think in your mind what a movie set would look like of perfect suburb, this is where I was yesterday. I mean, huge yards, huge houses, green grass, parks everywhere, community pools everywhere. Ridiculous.
2: And what's the problem?
1: Uh, I mean, if for, there's no problem with the house. It's fine. I mean, the neighborhood's fine. Nothing's there. But there was a a community potluck with the people on the street. Right. Everybody, you know, came over to one house yesterday, and uh, everybody had their food, brought it over, and every single family was, you know, married couple with you know three or you know two to four children, let's say. Okay. Everybody comes to one house. All the children gather. All the parents, you know, sit around and talk about their kids and what daycares they're in and what they're doing in school
2: and so your misery around suburbia was the fact that everyone had kids and you don't have kids so you don't care about kids and you don't care about those conversations that's your problem
1: but it's it's that your that people's life then becomes that and i like i'm i'm not even kidding this is what i was thinking the whole time that i was at this thing right you know when when you see stories on tv of like some crazy person that has it was a perfect life how did they snap and just ruin it by go you know by killing their family? Like how did that happen? Right. And I'm always like, yeah, how does that happen? And I sat there yesterday and said, Oh, okay, I know how that happens. This is misery. But that's not fair.
2: The, the snapping can come from what looks like an idyllic family life. It can also come from being an incel and an underachiever. You could have it both ways. You could be you could be driven over the edge, you know, with what looks like the perfect life and also what for a lot of people out there is uh, just a completely miserable life. All right, on the way back, we'll get to what was in the potluck. We're going to ask Sammy Panijatovic about what uh, we should do tonight with the Lakers betting, and also he tried to get us to bet the VGK series before the whole thing started. I don't know if he's going to get it takers now that it was a 7-1 start in game one of
0: the series. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Coalfield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting, betting. with Sammy P. Sammy P.
2: Adam Hill was just telling a story about being around normal people who seem to be happy, uh, enjoying themselves in the Colorado suburbs, also eating a lovely potluck
1: feast. What was in the potluck? Anything good? Uh, there was actually a brisket that was uh, my cousin's husband had made, which was phenomenal. Okay. Uh, there was like, like kind of a taco bar set up with like some, some chicken, some pork, that kind of thing. That sounds Good. awesome. Oh yeah. And, 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 it was a real conversation piece for everyone too. Oh, how long did you cook that for? Oh, how long did you make that for? Oh, that sounds nice. Just enough. Yeah. It, it, it's you, insanity. You, call it, you You called it excruciating. The alternative is what? Your life? Talk No, your life being about you and not about your, like you know, daycares and your schools and like, when, when like giving up your life and not being you anymore. Like I tried to, I tried to ask people about themselves. You have given up your life. No, you Mm -hmm. work all the time. That's That's all you do. Right. But I'm saying if you ask people a question about themselves and like, they don't have anything, it's all about every, it's all about the other people. Like, what is that? Why, Why are you giving up yourself?
2: Oh my God.
1: Sam Panayotovich
2: has no life. All he talks about is gambling. Sam.
5: Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks.
2: I know. Dude, this is this is oh god. This is 15 years in the making. Oh, Adam Hill. Just insufferable. <laughs> Sufferable, Sam. No. Please. Sam agrees. No. <laughs> no. He doesn't necessarily. He doesn't necessarily. Sam, let's get on to the topic at hand. Um Will anyone on the staff now take your bet? I don't even know what the bet is. You threw a bet out about the series because you were laughing at the Avs' series price over the Golden Knights. We never really uh, responded to you and consummated the bet.
5: Yeah, it's funny how that works. You know, if the Knights would have one game one, you'd have been, like, knocking at my door, like, ready to collect. But, you know, we'll we'll play that card. Here's the only problem. Like, I don't know who runs the Coalfield account. Whoever runs that account was chirping at me. And then I turned back and said, "Look, I'll buy Naked City for the whole staff if the Knights win the series, which will not happen, by the way." But then it was like, "All right, cool." And then like all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh, we didn't. We don't know about the bet, you know? Like it's fine. But, uh, let's, somebody's got to own up to that."
2: We have a high-dollar uh, member of our digital crew that that runs our Cofield and Company accounts. So I'm not even sure what's on there right now. I, I happened to catch that the next day, and I was like, "I don't know who's putting this up here," and it's a. It's out of control. Well, what what do we make the bet now? Because clearly, the seven to one ass beating kind of makes the bet tough. What do we do now, Adam? What do you what do you suggest, Sam? What's the bet? Because I'll bet, I'll bet, I'll bet something. Well, like, I don't think I don't think they're done.
5: Well, I don't think they're done either. But I think it's it's a lesson in the right team at the right price. I mean, in all reality, because I made that number. Like I write lines for every series. What I think the market's going to come out or what it should be. And I was north of two dollars on See with them at home. They're hot. They're loaded. I mean, it's just it was like a Saturday night on on Causeway Street in Boston. It was a free for all on Saturday when the Bruins played. So I just felt like Colorado should have been minus two fifty. And, you know, somebody was like, Well, one eighty like there shouldn't be one eighty, like that's too big of a price on the night. And my response to you is, Okay, now Colorado's minus four hundred. So while people are so like reactionary look. I think you got disrespectful to the Knights. It's not that I'm disrespectful to the Knights. I just think the Avalanche are a much better and more complete hockey team. And at 180, laying minus 180, while I don't want to do it every single day, I think in a pinch or in a spot, minus 180 sometimes is relatively cheap.
1: I wasn't quite as high as you, I guess, Sam. I was around 220 is what it should be going into the series. But I will say, if you said minus $4, I saw minus a minus 550, Today on the Avalanche, like that is a huge adjustment. I know it's seven to one. I know it's a blowout. It didn't look like the teams were anywhere close to each other on the ice. But like when you start getting that much of an adjustment after after a game one in which the Avalanche were expected to win, like does it do we get into adjusting the number too much off that game? Yeah, they're they're trying to
5: get ahead here because people react and overreact to what they've last seen and I don't know I mean I don't know how you can overreact anymore to 7 to 1 but you're looking at it Um, and and look no further we go to the NBA where the Lakers after they won game three the Lakers went out to 900 I thought Phoenix was coming back at like 450 or 5 to 1 or something like that I didn't do it but I thought to myself wow like that's such an overcorrection and an overreaction The Suns win game four. Anthony Davis gets hurt. Now the Suns are favored. So, Angeles Lakers go from a minus 900 favorite to a plus 140 underdog. So, yeah, the overreactions are real, Adam. No doubt about it. I'm not in love with (laughs) – this is the other thing, too. Like, we fall in love with numbers. Like, wow, that's a good plus price on Vegas. Do you like Vegas to win the series? No. Do I like him at this price? Uh, maybe you know, like we talk ourselves into a number and not reality. And the reality is, I don't think this series is going past you know, at the most it goes six. I'm just that's how bullish I am on Colorado, and apparently the books agree.
2: So I just bet uh, the Golden Knights plus three fifty. Um, I'm holding off on my baseball bets. I'm already down on the Cubs to win the division at five and six to one, and they're looking pretty good. Uh, I saw you in a discussion, a, a really weird one. You you put up a bunch of prices for the AL East, right? And I think I have some interest in the Yankees now that people are getting down on the Yankees, but the numbers haven't really been adjusted. You put up four different books, and then somebody immediately came back at you, and they're like, well, what about this fifth book? What's going on here? There's something squirreling going on. I'm like, "What is what is happening? Sam is getting screamed at. You put up four different
5: books, and the person is like, where's the fifth? Yeah, and then he he tags everybody that has ever worked at Circa Sports. Like, you know, like, what are we doing here? I, I love Circa. I write about Circa all the time. But let's remember, I also cater to an Eastern audience. I'm right. in New England where we've got DraftKings and FanDuel and Bet MGM and points bet. all I did was showcase the fact that you could bet the Yankees at plus 120 here, at plus 135 here, at plus 140 here, at plus 175 here. And oh, by the way, The Rays at one book are now favored to win the American League East. And then I just comment, like I always do, always be shopping. And this ass, you know, whatever, like, just hops into the conversation. He's like, wow, for a guy who's preaching shopping, you're doing a terrible job. (laughs) Here are the numbers at Circa. I, like, I almost went off on the guy, but I just took a deep breath. It's like, I don't know. And then he tags Metcalf and Benson and all the guys over there. It's like, this is not a slight on Circa. Circa doesn't stretch to the East Coast. It doesn't even go east of the Rockies. Like, this is not anti-circa. Relax a little bit. And he's like, no, you relax. I'm like, buddy, I'm good.
2: <sighs> uh, I well, I will say some of the reaction on the thread was kind of interesting because then it's over the top the other way. I saw Bear from ESPN responded by saying anyone who has the Yankees' favor right now is you know kind of ridiculous. They're the third-best team at best in the division. I mean, I'll take that bet, that they, they're they going to finish in the top two. I would take it.
5: That's something to think about, too. I mean, the future of how we can wager, like, hey, wager. You can't do this yet legally, but it's like, all right, yeah. it's June 1st. We're going to give you one and a half on the finishing position. You know, right. and if it's the Yankees, it's one and a half, and the over is probably – actually, I think the unders would be minus money because they're probably going to win the division. So the under is probably minus 220 in the over, over one and a half. So two through five in the division is – you know, plus 180 or whatever, that'd be something. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, you have to make the Yankees favored because everybody bets the Yankees, and they're going to bet the Yankees at minus 150 or plus 150 and anywhere in between. I just think the Rays, like, it's clear the Rays have been blasted at FanDuel. Like, FanDuel doesn't want to write any more money on the Rays. They're probably liable. Yeah, they're probably liable on the World Series and the pennant and the division, and they're like, look, we're going to move the Rays to one, you know, 135 bet everybody else because they're probably extremely liable on the race. Uh,
2: back to another big name team and, you know, another team that's always looked at as a favorite remind us again. What, what do you think we should be doing with the Lakers series now? Should we be betting the series since it's fluctuating or is there a way to kind of hone in on some, uh, you know, some game props, some, uh, you know, out and six, out and seven props?
5: Well, I, this is another argument I had today with the numbers guys on Twitter, you know, telling me what's EV and what's not. I just, I got a bunch of messages today like hey i want to bet a unit on the lakers and i'm like okay well to win the series or what yeah to win the series plus 130 and i said okay well if you feel that strongly about the lakers what i would do is i would just bet the lakers in six and the lakers in seven for a unit so you risk an extra unit but now you get plus 320 and plus 350 so if they win in six That's 320 minus the 100. You're up 220 as opposed to the 130 you would be if you bet the series. And some guy, like, tried to correct my math, which was right, and it's just like I I don't understand. Like, you know, if the Lakers win the series in six or seven, you're going to get paid out more than you would at plus 130. But that's neither here nor there. I think tonight, once they rule Anthony Davis out, which I expect to happen, the Lakers are going to go to five and a half or six. And once it gets to six, I've been told that guys are standing by to bet six. I mean, we're looking not four and a half. So the buyback has already started. This thing was five and a half last night. So the money's coming in now on the Lakers. You know, Davis will be ruled out. It's going to close between, you know, four and a half, five and a half. That's the market right now. But, I, man, I, I just feel like this is the time when LeBron goes nuclear. He's got to take 30 shots. He's got to keep them in this game. He's got to drive to the rim. He's got to get to the line. I'm not saying they're going to win. I just feel like remembering that the Suns were minus two in game one and plus one and a half in game two This is an overreaction to Anthony Davis being out. We already knew he wasn't going to play or be near 100%. I think once that news hits that Davis is officially out, I'm going to hit the Lakers at five and five and a half. That's my plan, at least, for now.
2: Sam, keep fighting. We know you're going to, and we know they're going to keep fighting you, so keep doing it, buddy.
5: It's just one of those days, man. It happens. I'm getting back in the trenches right now. See you guys later.
2: See you later. (laughs) Sam Paniotovic, Nesson, also with uh, Fox Sports. Adam, are you out on on betting the uh, Mayweather fight this weekend? Are you out? I I can't do it. All right, let's discuss the fights in the middle of next hour. We're going to do the Big Five. got to get to all the important stories like the Knights and what it looks like from here coming up Game 2 tomorrow. But Ariel Hawani, big star in the fight game and the MMA media, also covers the NBA and is a Montreal guy. We're going to cover a bunch of different topics with Ariel, including how interested are you – in Ty Woodley and Jake Paul, because I am fired up.
0: Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.